UpToDate wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. This is Up to Date on KCUR 89.3. Well, the book doctors are back in the house with a range of recommendations that will take us from a graphic novel about a new universe to Langston Hughes' childhood back in Kansas. Lots of interesting authors, lots of interesting ideas here. The book doctors today are Katie Stover, Director of Reader Services at the Kansas City Public Library. Katie, always good to have you here. Welcome. Oh, good morning, Steve. Lovely to be back. Steve Paul was once the book's editor of the Kansas City Star, where he also served as editor of the editorial page. His latest book is Literary Alchemist, The Writing Life of Evan S. Connell and Steve, nice to have you. Welcome hey, back. Thanks again, Steve. Thanks. Mark Luce is back. He's chair of the English English Department at the Barstow School. Mark, good morning to you. Good morning. So a friend of mine asked me not too long, long ago, where are good places to go to find out about new books coming up, uh, coming out on the market? And I'm going through your list here, and I think to myself, I keep up with the book world pretty well. And there's all kinds of things I have never heard of before. Mark, where do you go? Uh, any number of places. Yeah. Um, Lots of places. The best place to probably go would be Publishers Weekly. Um, but it's also, I mean, that's very much sort of for really kind of more for a booksellers trade. and a trade. The industry, yeah. Um, I think the Washington Post book section, the New York Times book review, um, any of those, either of those would be good. I think, too, go into your local bookshop and just asking, asking. And just asking. What's coming out. What's coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think as a as as a when people know that you're a book person, they often just tell you anyway whether yeah. you want to know or not. <laughs> and take um, your time. And you want to just yeah. look at some. You books. need to read this. Yeah, yeah. Katie, it's your job to know what's going on. How do you figure it out? It is my job. Yeah. I how do I figure it out? I hit all the sources that Mark talked about. Mm -hmm. I also look for the ones that are librarian vetted. So I pay close attention to library reads, and anybody can look at the librarywreads.org list. And that list always comes out with the top 10 books that librarians in the nation are excited about. And those are always like one month in advance of pre-publication. So I how, how is that? It's libraryreads.org? Libraryreads.org. How is that compiled? How are those lists pulled Ooh. together? The librarians get advanced reading copies. They get print arcs. Because you're they... special people. Your library people are special people. <laughs> so you get it early. Yeah. We get it early. And we get it early because the publishers know we'll get pretty active on the socials. Uh, book Twitter is a thing. And that's where I learn an awful lot about new books. Uh, Bookstagram is a thing. And what, that's what's Book Twitter? Tell me about book, that. <laughs> book Twitter is just like it's a little community. It, a little. It's a large community of librarians and book people, and they just they talk about books on Twitter, and you can find you can find little pockets of them. Um, the best place to look is Early Word Galley Chat, and that's the first Thursday of every month from three to four Central Time, and that's when all the librarians across the nation get together and they start talking about the forthcoming books that they're excited about, things that dropped that month. So I'll be talking next week about things that are about books that are coming out in March, maybe book and books that are coming out April and May. Sometimes I'll jump ahead to, to just put books on folks radar, things that are coming in November or December, but we'll mostly talk about 
the books that are dropping in March. And mm. those are new things. And then I learn an awful lot there. Like you, I can't read everything. I can't read all the news sources. I hit the big ones. But when I really want to know what's coming up that my librarian colleagues are interested in, I look at librarireads.org and I pay attention to Early Word Galley Chat on Twitter on uh, first Thursday of the month from 3 to 4 p.m. See, Steve Paul, and, well, I, I knew books. there were these secret places out there where you <laughs> bibliophiles would go to keep, yeah, keep track of, of all this so stuff. Yeah, secret. Uh, I know almost all of the places uh, – Katie and uh, Mark have talked about a couple of editions. Another library publication is called Book List, oh, yeah. uh, which reviews, uh, which I have written for, um, and Katie has written for. <laughs> it's the American Library Association Advanced Review Journal, and that's that's helpful. But you know, I'm so I've been writing book reviews for forty years or or, or more, and uh, you know, I've just and I've covered the book industry, so I've, I'm sort of plugged in a lot of different ways. I'm on the board of a biographer's organization, hmm. so things come to me or get on my radar, and I'll seek them out. But I loved uh, Mark's uh, mention of go to your bookstore, go to the bookstores. Yeah. I love the serendipity. I mean, I know about a lot of books, and I might go in a bookstore looking for one thing, but then I love the serendipity of tripping across something. Oh, I didn't know this was out, and uh, so that's that's one of well, my several of your crazy. picks this month. You tripped across stuff that you didn't know was there, and discovered I, something were, that was just uh, fun. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mark, you can do that in the library too, gentlemen. That's yeah. what I do. While there's book Twitter, there's also book TikTok. It's book called oh, Book Talk, book talk. Yeah. and it's a thing. I can't do it. I understand. What is it? Explain it. What is it? So, so you know how you would watch people doing dumb things on TikTok for any number of things. <laughs> well, yeah. There's people who yeah, do. There's people who talk about books on TikTok, yeah. and they'll be like, "Oh, these are my five favorite thrillers," or "These are this new yeah. book by so and so," and they'll and there's like a very active community. Oh, yeah. that are, talks about books. They are on far TikTok. more passionate than that. They get on and <laughs> fan about their favorite authors. Book Talk is why Colleen Hoover has what eight out of ten spots on the paperback New York Times bestseller list. Mm-hmm. Readers found her uh, during the pandemic and just went nuts talking about her books. And we can't keep them on the shelves at the I've- library. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't do TikTok, but you know, Twitter is a <laughs> slower version, slower of version of that. And yeah. just recent, just in the last week or so, I've been hearing and watching uh, tweets from uh, this uh, writer in Scotland who is reading my Canal biography, and oh. she's dropping little things in the Twitter, oh, and I go, okay. "Oh, wait a minute! I quoted that in my book, and we've started this sort of conversation uh, as she reads my book and and kind of finds stuff she likes." And I think that's. Kind of That's got to be kind of a thrill. <laughs> yeah. That's got to be great. Yeah, yeah. Okay, some good tips for where to go to keep up with all this stuff. Steve, Paul, let's start with your p- first pick here. You want to talk about a, a highly readable biography of a cultural icon. Tell us about it. Oh, man. Uh, Jennifer Homans is the uh, dance critic of The uh, New Yorker, and her new book, Mr. B., George Balanchine's 20th century is, you know, what we refer to as kind of magisterial uh, biography. It is so well done, so well researched, going back to his uh, Tsarist Russia boyhood where he started dancing at nine years old. You can tell she's done the research about who he is and the mystery of who he is because he didn't always tell he didn't always reveal uh, what his life was about, but to follow him from that through his, 
you know, immigration to the U.S. and becoming the major dance figure in the country. I mean, you have to be interested in dance and culture, perhaps, to uh, get into this book. I was say, why were you interested in George Balanchine? Well, uh, partly because uh, I, I knew it as I, I knew this book was was kind of one of the. I think it's going to be judged one of the best biographies of, of the year. Uh, of the year, so it came so, with it came with a lot of fans. Yeah, so it, yeah. so it did come in with something. I, I just want to read the first two sentences, which struck me and made me realize the whole book is summarized in these two lines and makes you want to read the whole thing. And, and this this is it. It goes like this: This, the suffering, the grit, and hardship of everyday life never once appeared in Balanchine's dances. It did not interest him. It was pedestrian, a degradation of the human body and spirit. Wow. And I was just so yeah. taken to that as yeah. as a as a piece of an act of writing and, and as an act of of biography that we're this thing. You know, she is brutal when it comes to who he was. Uh, he loved his dancers. He loved many of his dancers, some of them all at the same time. Uh, he married a few of them over the years. Wow. His okay. relationship with women is curious. It's not a, a, you know, it's not a Harvey Weinstein kind of situation, but it is definitely, you know, this whole world of dance and sex and flirtation and body uh, it's sure. just fascinating to she takes you into this world in a really fascinating way, and I, I was just uh, kind of blown away by the quality of this book. That's it's, mis- a, it's a huge, it's a barn, it's a uh, you know doorstopper. Bro. It, it's, it's a it's a commitment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's it's, a podcast that kind of that's a really good match for that book. I just heard about it when you were talking about it. The Turning Room I heard of Mirrors. A, I heard a bit of that the other day. What, what yeah. is it again? Came uh, well, it's um this it's Room of Mirrors, and it's the Turning podcast. And this season, it's called Room of Mirrors. And it's an inside the insular world of ballet through the voices of former, current, mm-hmm. and aspiring dancers. It's my understanding that the majority of the interviews are with women, many of whom knew Balanchine. Mm-hmm. And the first snippet I heard just has me hooked. I can't wait to binge mm-hmm. this. Yeah, mm-hmm. I heard that the other day. I was really, I was. I was curious about the connection. Yeah. Well, Steve, Paul's pick there. Mr. B, George Balanchine's 20th Century, the author, Jennifer Holmans, again, the dance critic for The New Yorker. Excellent pick. Katie, let's move to you here. And you wanted to talk about Infinitum by Tim Fielder. Yes. I have so much love for this extremely creative, inspiring, and it's an original graphic novel. Hmm. Um, And not just because the author was the highlight of my pandemic online events at Kansas City Public Library. So we're recording of that. Catch it on the library's YouTube channel. But this graphic novel, it's epic and cinematic in scope. And you're going to wonder where the movie is as you're flipping through the pages because it looks like a storyboard. Wow. It's gorgeous. It's an Afro-futurist tale uh, that begins and ends with the birth and death of the universe. And in between, we follow a king who changes names and lives through time because he is cursed with immortality for an unspeakable crime he commits to protect his family Hmm. um, and his lineage as a king. And so Fielder takes that West African proverb, time lost is lost forever, and he kind of gives it a twist to ask us, well, what is time gained? And you see Hmm. that in this graphic novel. Um, it's got the art is gorgeous. These rich purples, these shimmering golds, the colors of cosmic deserts and skies. It's a feast for the mind and your eyes as you flip through this book and you follow the king 
through history as he moves from the savannas of Africa via the slave trade to the new world. And it doesn't matter that the king, now known as John, is immortal. He's got the strength of 10 men and he suffers all the indignities of of the enslaved in the antebellum South. And then he moves to the horrors of war as a Buffalo soldier wow. with the World War I Hellfighters, with World War II 92nd, goes through the civil rights era and, and then a techno future that's pretty far from where we are now. But that's what Tim Fielder's trying to do, just show the scope of what is your life going to be like if you really are immortal and what do you do with your life? You have Janelle Monae as a connection, connected here somehow. What What is that connection? Oh, that, uh, her her collection, Memory Librarian, Afrofuturist mm-hmm. short stories, really good pairing for this book as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was... I'd read Infinitum when it first came out, and then when Janelle's book came out last year, these this, these were the connections I was able to make. Between how, how did you stumble books. across this book? This one? Yeah. Um, the publisher uh, is Amistad, which is an imprint of HarperCollins, and I have a lot of good friends at HarperCollins, and uh, uh, the head of library marketing, Virginia Stanley, sent this to me and said, you need to you know, just have were, a look at this. Have they were telling this. you about they it. They were telling me about it, and I sat down and read it and just lost an entire Sunday reading this book, and then the minute I finished reading it, I called Virginia and, and said, you need to send Tim Fielder to me for an event. I have to do an event with him. Are you and going to? I did. And we did it during the pandemic. Ah. This book didn't come out this year. It came out, I think, in 21, 2021. And he is charming and lively and creative and talented and so articulate. It was one of the best times I had in 2021 chatting with Tim Fielder. He's so generous with his art and his time. You know, maybe the big question here, Mark, is how does Katie manage to find an entire Sunday to devote to a book like that? And how does that happen? I'd like to have that happen to me sometime. Oh, well, you should yeah. ask me what She what doesn't else watch got... football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, no this Chiefs. was... <laughs> yeah. Guys, this was in February. She was up a lot the of The footballs time. were over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but also, laundry didn't get done. <clears throat> cats didn't get fed. Okay. Dishes sure. didn't get and the world still managed to Take move out. on. Here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that pick in Item by Tim Fielder. That's uh, Katie Stover's first pick here. We'll be back in just a minute. Uh, Mark, let's go to the bedside book of birds and avian miscellany. So uh, a couple weeks ago, um, our school, Barstow's doing a, a production of The Tempest in March. And we, um, as an event, we went over to Prospero's Books because Prospero is a lead character. And we had a little sort of staged reading and stuff. Fun. And um, so, you know, I'm wandering around Prospero's and thinking like, oh, I'm going to find myself something. What a great place to wander around. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. And um, I like birds. I haven't, I don't really think about <laughs> birds a ton. I know there's a ton of birds in literature. Um, lots and I of know birds that in there's, Kansas City. There's lots of birds in Kansas <laughs> yeah. City, and and there's a sort of Gen X thing of like hipster bird watching. Mm. Um, I, I'm I'm not part of that, <laughs> but um, so I picked it up and I opened it, and immediately was just transfixed. And so uh, I picked it up and not really knowing what it was, um, and it's little short pieces. Uh, taken that are written by Graham Gibson, who was long time, who's a Canadian novelist and longtime partner of Margaret Atwood. Um, they're pieces from 
ancient history. There are pieces from uh, contemporary I love poets. books like that. Love and, books like that. Um, and it's lavishly illustrated, and hmm. it's all about birds. Mm-hmm. And so what I and I find it exceedingly peaceful. Mm-hmm. And so I just look at it for ten minutes, fifteen minutes, and just kind of dip in wherever. Um, and some of them are wildly entertaining. It's like the there's one on the Raven written by a guy, the Comte de Buffon, um, in the 1700s, uh, talking about the Raven and basically says that the reason that it has a bad reputation is because it's confounded with other birds and loaded with their ill qualities. Mm. Uh, and so it's mm-hmm. that kind of it really reminds me of uh, there's a there's a quarterly called Lapham's Quarterly, oh, yeah. and it will have a it. yeah. it'll have a subject. Right. And it's almost like this served as a template for them. Right. It came out in 2005. There's oh, a new okay. forward by Margaret Atwood after um, after Gibson passed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't I can't recommend it enough for the pictures and the just the sort of gentleness of it. Yeah, yeah. I met Graham Gibson. Uh, oh, really? With Margaret. Um, at a CVS in Key West a few years ago. Of course um, you did. You know, the of year course before Steve Paul. That's what you're just Steve like. Paul you're just, you're just <laughs> yeah. like picking up some mints and you like <laughs> Margaret Atwood's there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was at a, at a literary seminar down there where she was a featured speaker. But I had interviewed her like 30 years ago and uh, never met her husband until that. And then he died later that year. Mm. But uh, mm. wonderful couple. I, and I just had some recent correspondence with her because she comes up in this book I'm writing now. But um, anyway. Sorry, well, sorry you know, for that. Speaking of peaceful things you can do, you, you suggest that's a nice way to sort of round out a day. Sure. The New York Times had a little note the other day about uh, something people are doing across the country where they listen to weather reports from the British Isles. Uh, oh, on, yeah. On, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shipping and report. Shipping report. Oh. And, and people just it's listen, awesome. call it up on YouTube and they just sort of chill out to it. And I called it up and it's. It's incredibly relaxing. It's you know, it's didn't super Andy, relaxing, and Andy you don't Prue? even know what they're saying. It's like they don't oh, know what they're saying. Exactly. Sure, minus yeah. six, and you're like, didn't what? Annie Prue write a book about that? Uh, yeah. the, the shipping news. Shipping news. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it's. It a, is. Um, there are a lot of those. Jen sometimes listens to one where a guy just reads like random news sort of articles, but he does it in a voice like this. So oh, you, fall asleep. You, you just can't, uh, you got to fall asleep to it. Well, if you're just joining us, you're listening to up to date. We're visiting with our book doctors uh, today. Uh, Mark Luce, uh, Steve Paul, Katie Stover, Steve Paul, let's go to your second pick here. This is a book titled the white mosque. Well, I've had, uh, uh, I've taken a, a side turn into a sort of as professional research into memoir. And so I've got a couple of books of memoir or maybe more than that, uh, that I've been looking at, didn't know anything about them, uh, when I picked them up. And this one, uh, just, you know, blew a lot, both of them I'm going to talk about just really blew me away, uh, for a number of reasons. I mean, there are a lot of memoirs out there that are just pretty self-centered. On this one, uh, the author, Sophia Samatar, uh, has a very unusual background, uh, family background. She's Somali and Swiss, so she's kind of got a blended heritage. And uh, she takes a journey, uh, and the the spine of this book is a travel, is like a two-week tour to Central Asia, uh, which is intended to follow uh, a historical trek made by German uh, and Russian Mennonites mm. in the 19th century, late 19th century. They were, they were going to, 
you know, they were being persecuted, but they were going to Central Asia because they were expecting uh, to encounter and be part of the rapture. Hmm. Uh, so were they going to look for Jesus? Um, and she comes across this history. It's very little known outside the Mennonite church. And she starts delving into it, and she does this research and finds everything that's ever been written about it and drops that in at various times as she's tr doing those, you know, contemporary travels. She's a beautiful writer. Uh, uh, the writing captures you uh, and carries you along, and the research that she brings to this story, I learned so much about the Mennonite church, I knew very little about, and it's sort of bifurcation, you know, one of which is very fundamental and one of which is very open. And you just stumble across this book you doing your yeah, in, yeah, in your as I, you know, in you know, I, like I said, I, I'm in, uh, you know, was on a path to uh, to reading some memoir, and this one, this one came out uh, late last year, so it's a recent book, and it's also gotten some attention. I think it's on the short list of a pen. Uh, one of the Penn Awards uh, mm. for nonfiction. Uh, wow. Uh, anyway, it's uh, it's it's a fabulous book, and and really uh, the way it holds together, the way she brings you into the historical uh, world as well as as her own personal journey. Wow. I think it's I think it's very uh, very fine. The so. book is The White Mosque by Sophia Samatar. Right. There yeah. Go. Very good. Katie, let's go to a book that uh, has a title that's going to catch people's attention pretty quickly here. I knew you'd go for this one. <laughs> Everyone in my family has killed someone. The author, Benjamin <laughs> Stevenson, tell me about it. Wow. Sometimes I like to throw things at you, Steve, that I just not like, he's going to want to talk about I'm, that. I'm going to jump know. on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one is by Benjamin Stevenson, an Australian comedian and author. This is his third novel after his uh, big breakout book, Either Side of Midnight. And it's a blend of classic and modern mystery tropes. It's smart, clever, funny, why done it? Because we already know who done it just from the title. Um, and it opens with the golden rules of murder mysteries from the detective club, uh, detection club. Agatha Christie and G.K. Chesterton were members and helped wow. put together that list. So fold down that page and start reading so you can refer back to the rules whenever it seems one of them has been broken in an effort to dupe the reader. Because readers get to exercise their deductive reasoning skills when Ernest, the, the protagonist, and his family are snowbound at a ski chalet with a dead body, um, the usual suspects, <laughs> and a library with a fireplace where all will be revealed. Wow. Um, the book wow. comes right out and says it's going to trick you, and then it does. So it's very snappy, speedy read, and it's in the vein of those Knives Out movies right, right, or Anthony right. Horowitz's Hawthorne series, Lisa Lutz's Spellman Files. Hmm. Um, it's it's uh, makes good on its promises that it's going to fool you, and then it shows you how it did it. So I just I am loving everyone in my family has killed someone by Benjamin Stevenson. Wow, it's really speed, really great weekend read. Great, great title there to I pull know. folks in. It's the title that pulled me in too. Mark, I'm, I'm doing you a disservice by uh, referring to your next uh, pick here as an oldie but goodie, but uh, that's uh, The Tempest by William Shakespeare. Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, so um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Barstow's doing it here right. in a couple of weeks and I'm helping out with that. And, um, and the Heart of America Shakespeare uh, Festival this summer 
um, they're doing the Tempest as well. Mm. And I think one of the things that I like so much about it, it's it's Shakespeare's final play. And you can look at it a variety of different ways, right? It comes out in, it's like 1614. So it's the age of exploration and sort of the start of colonialism. And we see Caliban, right, who's enslaved by Prospero on the island. We see kind of those those themes play out. But then we also see kind of the magic of the theater um, with Prospero kind of serving as a director of his right. own um stage and we get some we get some uh young young love and so to me it's um the both the magic of it and kind of the politics of it um are sort of interesting and still uh are still sort of resonant today wow that's the tempest by william shakespeare we just have a short time left let's give real quick real quick little recommendations here steve tell me about uh, easy beauty easy beauty this is another book that i opened up had nothing knew nothing about it and i was almost immediately captured uh it's the subject uh, subtext is beauty the idea of beauty and uh, the author is a phd in philosophy and an, uh, and uh, works in art history and she ties together you know all these kind of ideas from Bernini to Richard Serra, but the uh, but the the spine of the book well, an odd word I, I you, what yeah, you find right. out is the perspective is she was born uh, with a rare uh, hip dysplasia right. uh, which changes her entire body and her outlook on life and how she kind of navigates the world, travels a lot, writes as a freelance, uh, and thinks about the idea of beauty and normality and that kind of thing. It's just, uh, it's spectacular. She's Easy from, beauty. Chloe's from Lawrence. And she is from uh, Tonganoxie, I think, as she finally mentions, but she might have yeah. had some Lawrence uh, oh, connections. I've, yep. I've, Do you I've know known, yeah. yeah. Cool. We're going to have to leave it there. We'll put a list up on our website later today of all these great recommendations. I want to thank our book doctors, Katie Stover from the Kansas City Public Library, Steve Paul, his latest book, Literary Alchemist, The Writing Life of Evan S. Connell. Thank you. Mark Luce, again, uh, chair of the English department over at the Barstow School. Great Rex. Thanks Always so good much. conversation. What a delight. Thanks thank so you, much. Steve. You bet. Up to Date is produced by Zach Wilson, Reginald David, Elizabeth Ruiz, Zach Perez, and Hannah Cole. Our intern is Claudia Brancart. Our announcer and engineer is Paul Nakatura. Our theme music is composed and performed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening.